This is Alive with Joseph. So we're looking at let the army roar. And this evening, let's go to our theme scripture, which is Revelations chapter 11, verse 15. Can we all read together? Please, if it's possible to put it on the screen. Thank you so much. Shall we all read together? Revelations 11, verse 15. At the count of three, let's go. One, two, three, go. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Now, this scripture shows us the vastness of our responsibility as an end-time army of the Almighty God. Now, based on this scripture, this army will have a mandate to go wherever God has sent them, and they will be going on this assignment with boldness. They will go to wherever God has sent them to, and they will boldly declare the whole counsel of God as instructed and directed by the Holy Spirit. So as an army being raised and sent out by God, we must have this consciousness that this God is with us. And that is the consciousness you must have and maintain in this season. That he is with us and that the assignment he has entrusted into our hands has his full backing. And he will protect you no matter where he has deployed you to carry out the assignment. Friends, it is also important for you to understand that in every dispensation, God raises for himself men and women who will become touch bearers of his agenda for that dispensation. God recruits them himself based on their level of yielding to him. And by them yielding to him, he takes them through the process of pruning to be able to fine-tune them for the work ahead because they will become the men and women of influence who by the power of the Holy Spirit will begin to enforce the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ in every sphere of life. The same way a guitarist will fine-tune his guitar before he plays so that he can be able to deliver good melody, God fine-tunes this army, these soldiers, so that they can be able to deliver good melody wherever he deploys them to and be able to deliver the agenda of heaven in that territory. Now, this group of people will be scattered all over different spheres of human existence as God's agents of change, and they will also become kingdom touch bearers for that dispensation. So as believers, you and I are carriers of heaven's glory. Never forget that. You are a carrier of heaven's glory. And as we journey through this earth in different seasons of our lives here on the planet earth, our assignment will continuously change, but the mission will remain the same. As we journey through this earth, every one of us, our assignments will continuously change, but the mission will always remain the same. So as your assignment changes, listen to this very carefully, the supply of grace required for that season in which you are released into will be given to you. A supply of grace will be released into you. And as a carrier of heaven's glory, by the supply of the spirit of grace, it makes it possible for you to be able to execute your assignment with precision at different seasons of your life. No matter what the assignment is, you are able to deliver that assignment with precision at that particular season of your life. Also understand that every one of us, as we journey to deliver our assignment, we all are delivering at different places and different positions and different sphere of life, but we are all together bringing to pass the mission of God on the planet earth. The assignments are different, but all of that assignment put together is to bring to pass the mission of God. What is the mission of God? The kingdom of our Lord and his Christ must overtake the kingdoms of this world. The kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, that is the mission. The kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, he must overtake the kingdoms of this world. That is the assignment. Never forget that. That is the assignment. Now, I want you to listen very carefully to this. Every one of us have a contest through which we view the world. And we all have a contest through which we view the happenings around us. And you can view the world, number one, through the lenses of the truth of the kingdom of God. 
or you can view the world, number two, through the lenses of lies and deception of darkness. You, every one of us will view the world and the happenings around us with these two lenses. Number one, with the lenses of the truth of the kingdom of God or the lenses of lies and deception of darkness. Also understand that every human on this planet earth views the world through either of these two lenses. Everybody on the planet earth views the world through either of these two lenses. So when you observe very well, including your own response to the events happening around you since the pandemic began, you will notice that you have been viewing this whole pandemic and the events happening around you with either of the two lenses when you observe yourself very well. Either you have been viewing the events with the lenses of the truth of the kingdom of God or you've been viewing the events with the lenses of the lies and deception of darkness. But the truth is every one of us on this planet Earth, we will view the events happening around us with either of these two lenses. Now go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 to 6. Let's see what the word of God has to say there. He said, for although we live in the natural realm, I'm living, reading the TPT translation. He said, for although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in the defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought. Stay underlined. He said we capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and we insist. We do not negotiate. We insist. We do not beg. We insist. We do not ask. We insist. Insisting is a military terminology. That is to say you force the thing to do. Are you understanding? So he said we insist that every thought we insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one and his anointing. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion of as soon as you choose complete obedience. You are able to punish every trace of rebellion as soon as you choose Obedience. Now, the another translation will say, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of the King James Version will say that. To the pulling down of strongholds. And to casting that every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, let's break down this scripture using King James Version. What is a stronghold? Listen to this very carefully. A stronghold is a fortress. A stronghold is a castle. A stronghold is a citadel. A, a stronghold is a bunker. A stronghold is a fortification. A stronghold is a structure designed to stop something from coming in and to stop something from going out. Number one, a stronghold is a fortress, a castle, a citadel, a bunker, a fortification. Number two, a stronghold is a structure designed to stop something from coming in and to stop something from going out. Number three, a stronghold is designed to restrict and monitor movement. A stronghold is designed for control. A stronghold is designed for control. A stronghold is designed to monitor movement and for control. So when we are to take authority over the strongholds in our minds, it is to make sure that every other stronghold that is not in line with scriptures do not control us and do not restrict our movement. Are you understanding me now? Amen. So every stronghold in your life, listen, is something someone has said. 
Every stronghold in your life is something someone has taught you. Every stronghold in your life is as a result of an input someone has made into your life. Every stronghold is as a result of an input either through teaching or through, through something that you've learned that someone has given to you. Also understand every stronghold is as a result of a deposit someone has made into your life either consciously or unconsciously families can deposit strongholds society can deposit strongholds schools can deposit strongholds organizations can deposit strongholds either it will be conscious or unconsciously but somehow every stronghold is as a result of deposits made into your life every word you have encountered means something every word every word you have encountered means something because the reason it is it means something is because it constructs in you a stronghold every word you have encountered constructs in you a stronghold strongholds occurs as a result of something someone have said and you build a, a wall around yourself with them. That is why wrong teaching produces wrong belief. And wrong belief system builds a stronghold. So every stronghold is as a result of something someone has said. And you build a wall around yourself with them. Give Jesus praise. Now, the danger with stronghold is it gives protection to something, be it negative or positive. That is a danger with stronghold. It gives protection to something, be it negative or positive. If it is a negative stronghold, it locks up that negative thing in your life. It locks it up immediately. If it is a positive stronghold, it also locks it up in your life. So strongholds gives you a sense of security. It gives you a sense of shelter. It gives you a sense of safety. It gives you a sense of immunity. It gives you a sense of insurance. Every stronghold locks up things. Either negative stronghold, it locks it up. Or positive stronghold, it locks it. Understand that strongholds are in two categories, positive and negative. Never forget that. When you hear stronghold, don't just think negative. There are also positive strongholds. Scriptures can build in you positive strongholds. Whereby it locks in you all that redemption has accomplished for you. That is to say, you come in contact with a scripture consigning healing. It builds a stronghold in your life. Whereby when sickness comes to attack you, it cannot be able to penetrate. Why? It has locked up the, the, the scripture in your destiny. Give Jesus your highest praise this evening. Please go ahead and give him praise tonight. So it gives a sense of security. It gives a sense of shelter. A sense of safety. A sense of immunity. And insurance. A stronghold makes you feel indemnified. It gives you this feeling of compensation. A stronghold gives you a feeling of compensation. One thing I've come to discover is many believers have given Satan a self-shelter in their lives. And this is what this whole pandemic has come to reveal. That many believers have been giving Satan a safe shelter in their life. What do I mean by that? This whole pandemic has constructed a negative stronghold in the life of many believers. Or it has revealed the construction of negative strongholds in the life of many believers. That is what this pandemic has revealed this pandemic has come as a revelation that actually most of you seated here most of you online have come to discover that actually you thought you used to believe but by this pandemic you discover that you were actually an unbeliever because a stronghold is only revealed how strong it is when it is tested. 
when it is tested, a castle cannot be said is fortified when the enemy pushes it and it collapses. When the enemy pushes it and it withstands the push, that is when you can now say this castle is fortified. So one thing you should understand is this as well. Satan has no more power. Also understand that he is not the opposite of God. Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan is not a creator. He is a creation and a creature. He was formed. He doesn't form anything. Satan does not form anything. Satan doesn't have the capability and the capacity to create or form anything. Never forget that. He does not have the capacity to create why he is a creature himself he is a creation himself so he doesn't have the capacity and the capability to create now listen to this satan doesn't have the power of creation never forget that why understand that some of the battles in your life wasn't created by satan it was your stronghold that created them and Satan takes advantage of what your stronghold has created. He cannot create anything. So some of the battles in your life is not Satan creating them. No, your stronghold created them. Then he takes advantage of what has been created. That is what he has been doing since the day he was driven out of heaven. He only takes advantage of what has been created. He cannot create anything. Are you understanding me? When he needed to take advantage of Eve in the garden, he had to use what was created. The serpent. The serpent is not evil. God created the serpent, but Satan has to use what is created to be able to communicate his agenda. He still does that till tomorrow. A classic example was Job. Everything Job encountered wasn't created by Satan. It was Job's stronghold that created them. And Satan jumped in on it and wrecked havoc in the life of Job. Listen, Job 3, 25 to 26, New Living Translation, it says, What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Only trouble comes. That was what he created. That was what the stronghold he created. He created a negative stronghold around himself. Satan jumped in and wrecked havoc in his life. Why? Because he is waiting. The Bible says he's as a roaring lion looking for who to devour. Looking for who has constructed a negative stronghold so that he can jump in and wreck havoc. And do not forget, even when Satan was in heaven, before he fell, he was just an angel. And God created angels. Every angel, God created them. Satan was a mystery angel. He wasn't even a warring angel. And God created angels to serve him in heaven. So and when, when Satan fell, he even lost the little level he had as an angel the little level he had as an angel he lost it when he fell the bible said in isaiah 14 verse 12 the scripture says how you are falling from heaven oh lucifer son of the morning he used to be son of the morning but when he fell he lost his title as son of the morning how you are cut down to the ground. He was now cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations. He was cut down to the ground. He fell. He used to be son of the morning. The little level he had as an angel. He lost it. When God threw him out of heaven. So Satan is not even. He is not even at the level of, an, of the archangel Michael. Not talk of being at the level of God. So Satan. I want you to. Settle this tonight. Satan is not the opposite of God. They are not in the same class. They are not fighting. There's no fight. There's no contest between Satan and God. It's, it doesn't exist. Satan is not fighting God. He doesn't have what it takes to fight God. 
A created thing cannot fight the creator. Have you ever seen a manufactured car fighting the manufacturer? The day the car messes up, the manufacturer dismantles it. Please give Jesus praise tonight. Give him praise tonight. And listen, you don't have angels in you. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit and Satan are not even in any contest. Because the devil is not in the league of the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of you. Come and say thank you, Jesus. Travel with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Let's establish something else. Genesis 1, 26 to 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now the word image means exact duplicate of a kind. And the word likeness means let them function like us functioning like us so let's make that god said let's make them an exact duplicate of us let them look like us let them have our capacity let them function like us let's give them our capability and our capacity speaking of you and i so that they can do what we can do that is whatever we can do so that they too can be able to do it listen friends you have been formed in the image of god you are the capacity of God. You are the exact duplicate of the Almighty God. Understand that angels were not created in the image of God. Why am I saying all of this? I'm still trying to bring you to the truth that say you and Satan actually are not even in the same level as well. Are you understanding me? Angels were not formed in the image of God. Angels were not created in the image of God. Only you. You are the person who was created in the image of God. Understand that angels were not created in the image of God. You are the child of light. Angels were not created in light. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. And the light shines in darkness. Darkness cannot handle it. Darkness cannot contest the light. That is, the presence of light is the termination of darkness. That is to say, friends, every time light arrives, it brings an end to the manipulation of darkness. That is why for the kingdoms of this world to begin to manifest the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ, there must become a manifestation of lights. Lights everywhere in the entertainment industry. Lights that are there must begin to shine. In the mining industry, lights that are there must begin to shine. In the government sector, lights that are there must begin to shine. In what in the beauty industry, lights that are there must begin to shine. Because why? You are the children of light. You were fashioned in light. You are a carrier of light. And when light shines, Darkness cannot handle it. Give Jesus praise tonight. Give him praise tonight. Come on, say, I am light. So understand that there can be negative stronghold. There can be positive stronghold. A negative stronghold is where Satan has carefully hidden himself in darkness to take advantage of you. That is a negative stronghold. Satan has hidden himself in darkness to take advantage of you. Satan cannot take advantage of you without a negative stronghold. And negative strongholds cannot thrive without darkness. Negative strongholds cannot thrive without darkness. Satan can take advantage of you without a negative stronghold. That is why they are the rulers of the darkness of this world. Outside darkness, they can't rule. They only rule those who are in darkness. That they are called rulers of, not rulers of the world. Rulers of the darkness of this world. Because there are those who are in this world, they are in darkness. Why there are others who are in light. So those who are in darkness, they are permitted to be ruled by Satan. But those who are in light, they are not permitted to be ruled by Satan. Why? Because light is superior to darkness. 
Give Jesus your highest praise tonight. Give him praise tonight. Let me show you something quickly. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 43 to 45. Matthew chapter 12. 43 to 45. I read. When an unclean spirit. Read this. Follow me very carefully. Goes out of a man. He goes through dry places. Seeking rest. And finds none. Then he says. I will return to my house. From which I came. And when he comes. He finds it empty. Swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him, even he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall he also be with this wicked generation. This is Jesus speaking here. This is the statement of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, in this parable, Jesus was giving to his disciple. We don't really know how this unclean spirit left the man. But the truth is, the unclean spirit left the man. Probably, the man encountered a, an anointed person. And by the higher road of anointing and authority, the unclean spirits were driven out of the man. The unclean spirits left the man. They casted out the devils out of the man. Now, listen to this very carefully. The unclean spirit, according to this scripture, called the human being his house. He said, he finds, and when he comes, he said, I will return to my house from which I came. He calls the human being his house. I will return to my house which I came. That is to say, I will return back to where I have found a safe heaven. I will return back to where I have a shelter. I will return back to where I am protected. I will return back to my stronghold. I will return back to my secure place. That is what sickness does to many believers. I will return back to where they accommodated me. I will return, that is what poverty does for many believers. I will return back to where they have secured me family with their negative beliefs that God doesn't want them to prosper. I will return back to where I keep molesting them because they have built a shelter for me in that place. So I will return back. Understand, child of God, if you do not build a shelter for the devil, he cannot return back. He said, I will return to my house, claiming ownership. I will return to my house. I don't know who you are listening to me. Satan has been claiming ownership of your destiny. Tonight, I release you in the name of Jesus. I set you free in the name of Jesus. I release you tonight in the name of Jesus. Give me three, amen. Two, three. Give Jesus praise tonight. So I will return back. The unclean spirit is saying, I will return back to my house where the person has accommodated me. Unclean spirits of sickness says, I will return to the place where she believes that sickness can stay. Unclean spirits of poverty says, I will return back to my house where he believes poverty can stay. Unclean spirits of fear says, I will return back to that family where they tolerate me, where they accommodate me. I will return back. I will return back. I will return back to that business where they believe that their business cannot thrive because of a pandemic. I will return back. I will return back to that family that believes nothing good ever happens to them. I will return back to that destiny that believes that Satan is Lord. I will return back. He said, I will return back to my house. Because they built a stronghold that accommodates me. He said, I will stay there. He said, I will return back in the family and I will stay there and make them suffer. Even though they have authority over me, I'll make them suffer. In fact, as I'm coming back, I'll take seven other people 
more wicked. That explains why so many believers, they are in church. Their life does not look like what Jesus died for. They are in church. The redemption realities is not manifesting. They keep saying one day, one day, one day, one day, one day. Where would the day be? Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross. When he said it is finished, it is finished. It was not open for dialogue. So I will return back. Where they keep making excuses for their, for their bondage. I will return back. Then he says, verse 44, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, listen to this very carefully. He finds it empty, swept, put in order. The spirit came and found the former house empty. Empty of what? Empty of truth. Empty of what? Empty of light. That is to say, since the spirit left, the darkness they left has not been replaced with light. The spirit moves around, comes back to check. Since I left, has there been any replacement? Ah, it's still filled with darkness I left with. So they come into seven days of change. Pastor Joseph ministers under the anointing and the spirits leave. They do not fill it with light. So the spirit comes back, finds it empty, finds it swept, finds it kept in order. Since they left, the belief system, the spirits left has not been replaced with another belief system. Nothing has replaced the negative stronghold they left. The anointing of a person with a higher authority drove out the unclean spirit, but the former house did not make an effort to fill the house with truth, fill the house with light, fill the house with the word of God to construct a positive stronghold. So when the unclean spirit came back, still found the house, the same way it was when they left, the spirit goes and gets seven more, and they now settle properly. The problem now is, the spirit didn't come alone. Collected seven more wicked. The Bible said, seven more wicked spirits. And the person's state becomes worse than before. So that's why I keep trying to teach you to grow. Because by the anointing, things can leave you. But the thing goes around, finds you empty. And returns back. I've heard people say, when I was in the church, I felt good. But when I went back home, the thing started again. Yes, because in the atmosphere, they cannot be accommodated here. When they came and peeped, the place is empty. So you attend seven days, that's not the end. You keep filling the house with light. Because whatever has left is coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back to check. Remember, Satan is restless. The Bible says, and he left Jesus for a season. Even though the Bible didn't tell us other things that he did to Jesus again. But the Bible said he left him for a season. If he left Jesus for a season, why will he leave you forever? If he left your master, your, your, your elder brother for a season, why will he leave you forever? What makes you think he leaves you forever? Why? We are still on this earth. And Satan has not been banished. So he will always leave for a season to return back. Please give Jesus praise tonight. Now, child of God, the anointing and the grace of God upon my life can assist you in getting victory. But for that victory to be sustained, you will need to be filled with the knowledge of the truth always. Brother Paul speaking to us said in Colossians chapter 1 verse 9, he said, I read. 
For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled. This is what we are praying. The prayer is that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's our prayer. You may be filled. You may be filled. You may be filled. You never get to the place where you say, I don't want to be filled again. He said, we always, we do not cease to pray for you. That explains why many believers' victory, they are short-term victory, short-lived victory. They have short-term testimony, short-term breakthrough. Because what the anointing of a higher authority delivered into their life, they could not, they couldn't, they had no capacity to sustain it because of the absence of light. That is why any deliverance that takes away the place of your responsibility in the equation is not a complete deliverance, it's a partial deliverance. The place of your own responsibility must not be taken away from the equation because you will need to get to the place where you fill the house that is empty with something or else the state becomes worse than before. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 9. It said that the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. And brother Paul said that they may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And the writer of Proverbs said, through knowledge, through knowledge, the deliverance of the righteous is established through knowledge. When the righteous builds a positive stronghold through knowledge, they enjoy consistent and continuous victory. When the righteous builds a stronghold of light through knowledge, they are able to sustain their breakthrough. Child of God, listen to me very well tonight. You have to build a positive stronghold in your life. And it can only happen when you rise and take responsibility to continue to hunt for light. Because when darkness comes and finds light, darkness can't come in where there is light. But when darkness comes and finds darkness, it settles down very well. And you can imagine how terrible it will be when the darkness is times two. So when you look at that story, you realize that what the person needed to have done after the unclean spirit left was to build another stronghold to replace the former stronghold. Now this person was to change the way they viewed life. Which was to start viewing life from the position of their deliverance. Which is viewing life from the lenses of the truth of the kingdom of God. And many believers have not changed the way they view life since they got born again. Many believers. Many believers. Many of you listening to me tonight. The anointing of a greater authority ministers victory to you. But when you leave... You don't go and change how you view life. Many believers have been born again for years. But the way they used to view life before they got born again. They are still viewing life that same way. When you leave, you continue to view life with the lenses of the lies and the deception of darkness. And it continues to strengthen the negative stronghold in your life. That is why friends, when you encounter the truth. It makes you free. When you encounter lies, it keeps you bound. Even though you are born again, it keeps you bound. When you read John chapter 8, verse 32, go with me to John 8, 32. It says, Jesus speaking, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the knowledge of the truth shall make you free. Emphasis on no. Listen, friends, a truth will not benefit you if you don't know it. A truth will not benefit you if you don't know it. Also listen to this very carefully. Truth is constant and consistent. And have no room to change. Truth is constant and consistent. And doesn't have room to change. But it cannot benefit you if you do not know it. So many believers are living with the truth. But they don't know the truth. Many believers are living with the truth. But they do not know the truth. So they have remained in bondage against their glorious destiny. 
They live with the truth, but they don't know the truth. The sad reality is this, friends. We also live in a generation where the facts have been exalted above the truth. Many believers know the facts, but not the truth. The Bible says, you shall know the truth. You shall, you, speaking of personal responsibility, you shall not, we shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. You shall know. To know the truth requires the following. To know the truth, it requires commitment. To know the truth, it requires diligence. To know the truth, it requires discipline. To know the truth requires courage. And to know the truth requires bravery. It requires commitment, diligence, courage, bravery, and discipline. Never forget these five things. In your quest of knowing the truth, these five things. Diligence, courage, discipline, bravery, and what? Commitment. Listen very carefully as I find somewhere to wrap it up. Listen very carefully. When Jesus was on trial, he said to Pilate, I have come to this earth to bear witness to the truth. And Pontius Pilate asked Jesus an intriguing question. He said, what is the truth? Let's look at the story. Let's pick up the story. John 18, 37 to 38. Are you getting blessed tonight? Are you getting anything out of the service? Amen. John 18, 37 to 38. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king? Then Jesus answered, You said rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, what is the truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Now, look at this story very well. Follow me very carefully. I need all your attention. If you notice very well, when Pilate heard Jesus say or speak of the truth, that when he said, I've come to be a witness of the truth, he asked him, what is the truth? Now, that question was not an inquiry. Why did I say it was not an inquiry? He didn't wait for an answer. Pilate said to him, what is the truth? And when he had said this, he went out again. He didn't wait for an answer. So it wasn't an inquiry. He didn't wait for an answer. He said that to justify himself. He went out to the mob and pronounced Jesus innocent. Then he had him flogged and handed him over to the Jews for crucifixion. Do you know why he did that? Let me tell you why. Because he believed the idea that truth is relative. For him, it was truth that Jesus was innocent. But for the Jews, it was truth that Jesus was guilty. So Pilate, in a fairness, washed his hands and let the Jews follow their truth. He allowed them to follow their truth. When he asked, what is the truth? He wasn't inquiring to know what the truth was. For him, his own truth is, Jesus is innocent. But their own truth is, Jesus is guilty. So, he handed him over to them, so that they can follow their truth. We live in a time, where people are following their truth, and not the truth of God. The truth that says, I can mix ancestral worship and Jesus. There are truths that says, today I can serve God, tomorrow I can behave anyhow and serve myself. There are truths that says that I don't have to completely believe God. 
I can partially believe him. We live in a generation where we believe that truth is relative. We live in a time where everyone has their own truth or have an idea of what truth is. So Jesus was crucified because of a mob's version of truth. What was their version of truth? He was a criminal. And their truth was considered valid by Pontius Pilate because truth is relative. Now, Jesus wasn't the first victim of relative truth. Neither will he be the last. Sadly, many believers have become victims of relative truth. Relative truth that God should be kept out of my business. God should not be involved in my career. Relative truth that logic should prevail over spirits. If it doesn't make logical sense, I do not follow it. It must first of all make sense. If it's not social media correct, it is not truth. If everybody's saying this is the way, as long as everyone is saying it, I must follow because relative truth. We live in a time. Why must I give God 10%? Relative truth. We live in a time. Why must I be going to church in a pandemic? Relative. I can go to the mall, but I shouldn't go to church. Relative truth. In the church, the virus lives there. But in the mall, the virus is absent. Relative truth. Relative truth. Relative truth that says logic prevails over the spirit. Relative truth that says if it doesn't make human sense, don't trust it. If you can't perceive it with your five senses, don't believe it. Relative truth. Child of God, you cannot build a stronghold of light if you believe this notion that there is no universal truth. It is very dangerous to build your life around the notion that there is no universal truth. Listen, friends, if all truth changes from person to person and from situation to situation, you will have no firm ground. You will have no reference point. There will always be a valid contradiction for everything. If truth changes from Pastor Cordelia to Sister Nyasha to Mama, ne- Ma- Mama Oma and, you know, Amu and all of, if truth keeps changing, maybe when things are tough for me, the truth changes. When things are not tough, the truth changes. If things keep changing, if truth keep changing based on situation, you are in trouble. And that's how many believers are in trouble. Because truth keeps changing. Let me add this. Jesus, when you look at that story, he had already answered Pontius Pilate's question. What is the truth? Let's look at his answer. It's just that he wasn't listening to the answer. Because he wasn't asking to get an answer. Listen, Jesus' answer, verse 37. I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Child of God, when you listen to Jesus, you hear the truth. He is the voice of the truth. The book of Romans 3, 4 tells us, let God be true and every man a liar. If God says I'm blessed, my situation is a liar. I'm blessed. That is the truth. If God says I will prosper, no matter the economic climate, no matter the economic holocaust, I will prosper. Why? That is the truth. If God says I'm healed, I might be feeling pain in my body, I am healed. Why? That is the truth. That is the universal truth. That truth has been tested and it has been found to be reliable. It has been found to be constant. It has been found to be consistent. So I believe that truth. 
if I arrive here tomorrow and God tells me this is not black, this is white, I believe it. I believe it. Very few believers give credence to absolute truth. The absolute truth concerning your health is that by his tribes you were healed. First Peter 2.24 That is the absolute truth. That is the absolute truth. Are you understanding me friends? The absolute truth is that you are you were healed. That is the absolute truth concerning you. The absolute truth concerning you as a believer is you are the light of the world. The absolute truth concerning you as a believer is you are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5, 13 to 16. You are to take charge wherever you are. You are the kingdom of God in that territory. You are the kingdom of God in that territory. You are God's man on ground in that territory. Anywhere you find yourself, you take charge, you don't take sides. That is the absolute truth. Hey, that is the absolute truth that when you enter a place, devils must check out. You don't have to argue with them because the arrival of light is the end of darkness. That is the absolute truth. Hey, Jesus speaking said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the father unless through me. Child of God, truth is not a public opinion. Truth is not your neighbor's experience. Truth is not even your experience. Truth is not your failures of the past. Truth is not your current challenges. Truth is not what anyone says. Truth is the absolute truth of what Jesus has done in redemption. That is the absolute truth. Oh, that is the absolute truth. Truth is not that there is a pandemic. Truth is that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod to direct me. Your rod to chase out my enemy. Your staff to direct me. That is the absolute truth. The absolute truth is a thousand will fall by your side, ten thousand by your right. It will not come near you. Only with your eyes you will see and behold the reward of the wicked. So you do not pray for your enemies to die. You pray so that they can see the goodness of God on your life in the land of the living. That is the absolute truth. The absolute truth is he shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That is the absolute truth. The absolute truth is the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The absolute truth is he will give his angels charge over me. Let's have dashed my foot against the stone. That is the absolute truth. Every other thing is a lie. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. I believe God until my dying day. Hey, how many people do I have here that believes God until their dying day? Give Jesus your highest praise tonight. Give him praise tonight. That is the absolute truth. That my going out is blessed, my coming in is blessed. The absolute truth is my children are blessed. That the spirit of this end time will not overrun them. Let's go home. Let's rise on our feet. It's seven o'clock. Let's go home. Give Jesus praise tonight. Give him praise tonight. Give him praise tonight. Please give him praise. So the more you know Jesus, the more you know truth. The more you know truth, the more you know yourself. The more you know yourself, the more you know what is available to you in redemption. <laughs> Give him praise, please. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngokocha. Till next time.